Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who are the people what were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on episode 78, 7000 BC. Previously on Fan of History, we talked about Ein Gazal, Jordan, another perfect example of a Neolithic community practicing agriculture and creating beautiful figurines. Well, now it's time to move to the beginning of the 7th millennium BC. During this period, agriculture began to spread further from Anatolia into parts of southeastern Europe. The cow was added to sheep and goats in farming communities and the use of pottery became more common. But we start our episode in China, where its own separate Neolithic continues at a pace. Before we do that, I want to add that the script for this episode is written by Shane Sorsby. Thank you, Shane. And the person reading the script is me, Dan Horning from Sweden, the fan of history. Okay, now we're off to China. And we're going to talk about the Peligang culture, 7000 to 5000 BC. The Pelagan culture was a group of Neolithic communities situated in the Yi Lu river basin in Henan province in China. Existing from 7000 to 5000 BC, over 100 sites have been identified with nearly all of them in a compact area of approximately 100 square kilometers south of the river. Discovered in 1977, archaeologists suggest that the culture was egalitarian with little political organization. Agriculture was practiced by cultivating millet and by raising pig, cattle and poultry. People hunted wild boar and fished for carp using nets made from hemp fibers. It is one of the oldest cultures in China to make pottery. 
Like most Neolithic cultures, it had separate residential and burial areas. Common artifacts include stone arrowheads, spearheads and axeheads, stone tools such as chisels, awls and sickles for harvesting grain, and a broad assortment of pottery items. So we're going to stay in China, we're going to Jiahu, that's 7000 to 5700 BC. Jiahu was a Neolithic settlement situated on the central plain near the Yellow River, 14 miles north of Wujiang in Henan province. Settled in approximately 7000 BC, it was surrounded by a moat and covered an area of 55,000 square meters. It was a highly complex and organized Neolithic society with populations ranging from 250 to 800 people. Discovered by Zhou Ji in 1962, excavation of this site did not occur until the 1980s. Most of the city has not been excavated. Excavation of burial sites and rubbish pits yielded evidence about the lives of the people of Yahoo. Researchers from Henan Provincial Institute of Cultural Relics and Archaeology, led by Zhang Zhuzong from the University of Science and Technology of China, have carried out research at the site for decades. Zhang's team excavated portions of the site in seven stages, each stage taking two to three years. What a project! A large portion of the site was excavated in the first two phases between 1983 and 1987, Findings of the first two phases were published in the journal Antiquity. Numerous tools of bone, stone and pottery have been identified at Jiahu. A stone sickle blade was secured to a wooden handle in order to harvest grain. Baskets woven from wild grass were used to carry the grain. Remains of a spinning loom indicated the production of cloth from hemp fibers. Many tools and utensils included three-legged earthenware cooking pots with tight-fitting lids and a variety of stone implements including arrowheads, barbed harpoons, spades, axes, awls and chisels. Basically all tools that we are familiar with today. These improved weapons and the fact that the settlement was surrounded by a moat provided the settlers with an ideal defense against incursions from any nomadic hunters that might want to steal their produce. However, there is no evidence of any armed conflict with human remains showing signs of violent death. This would explain the substantial growth in population of the years with plenty of food to keep the inhabitants happy and no wars. The most significant find was the discovery of playable flutes made from the bones of red-crowned cranes. Discovered in the late 1980s, these flutes represent the oldest playable musical instrument yet discovered. 33 flutes, 20 of them intact, were found between 7 and 10 inches in length. It is plausible that ancient flutes were made from bamboo and ancient myths do describe them. Trouble is, if flutes were made of bamboo, they would have decayed long ago, and thus these flutes are the first, or the oldest, that still is preserved. If you remember back to our 50,000 BC episode, the actual oldest flute, albeit not playable, was found in a cave in Germany dated to approximately 41,000 BC. Flutes were probably used for entertainment or ceremonial purposes. 
They were cut, smoothed, polished and drilled with a row of holes on one side. One broken flute was repaired by drilling 14 tiny holes along the breakage and then tying sections together with hemp string. Ingenious! Inhabitants cultivated both millet and rice. Whilst millet was common to Pelagang, rice was unique to Yahoo. Rice cultivation is the earliest and most northerly found at this stage in history. The fact that the area was swampy made rice much more abundant than the drier conditions of millet further to the north. The rice was used in the fermentation process with honey, hawthorn fruit and or grapes to produce an alcoholic beverage. We know this from residues found in several pottery vessels. Hick. Animals that were domesticated include dogs, cattles, uh, cattle and pigs. In addition, people still hunted. They hunted for rabbit, deer, roe deer and even crocodiles. Uh, Jikes. Uh, While writing this, Shane was not aware that crocodiles reside in China. And maybe they don't do now because these guys killed them all. I'm not sure. Over 300 burials with offerings were found in connections to phase 2 and 3. Objects range from pottery to tortoise shells, varying between individuals providing evidence of an early specialization in labor, including farmers, hunters, potters, musicians, and even a tribal priest. Most burials were in earthen pits, with infants buried in earthenware jars. As was common in Neolithic cemeteries, burials were set aside and separated from residential areas. A bit different to burying your loved one underneath your house, that's for sure. Some of the burials overlapped, probably relations to one another, a bit like a practice we use today in cemeteries. The final unique thing about Yahoo was the discovery of 11 markings on bone and tortoise shells that are believed by some to be the earliest evidence of proto-writing. Dated to between 6600 and 6200 BC, some of the symbols have a striking similarity to characters developed by the Shang dynasty on oracle bones in approximately 1200 BC. This is 5000 years before the Shang. Trouble is such a long time period between the two makes it unlikely that there was any connection and unless there are more discoveries of the Yahoo symbols we need to be more convinced these are indeed the earliest form of writing in the world. If so, that would be approximately 3000 years before the current candidate for earliest writing which is of course the Sumerians. Archaeologists are divided about the relationship between Yahoo and Pelagang. Most agree that Yahoo was part of the Pelagang culture due to its many similarities. Few point to differences, believing that Yahoo shared many cultural characteristics with its neighbor, but that it was a separate culture. Yahoo was situated many kilometers south of Pelagang, so getting there would have involved several days of walking. After all, people had not yet started to ride a horse. Never mind drive a cart. The next culture we're going to talk about is Mergar, 7000 to 2600 BC. We are moving west to Pakistan. In the last episode we mentioned the possible forerunner of the Indus Valley civilization, which was Birana in India, dated to 7500 BC. However, that theory is somewhat controversial, as some people think it has more to do with Hindu nationalism than anything else. So before the discovery of Birana, 
Mergar was seen as the precursor of the Indus Valley Civilization. Mergar is situated near the Bolan Pass in Balochistan, west of the Indus River Valley. It was discovered in 1974 by French archaeologists Jean-François and Catherine Jarish before being excavated continuously between 1974 and 1986 and from 1997 to 2000. About 32,000 artifacts from six mounds have so far been discovered in Mergar. The earliest settlement, dated to 7000 BC, was a small farming village of 495 acres. It was Neolithic, without the use of pottery. It was developed by semi-nomadic people living in simple mud buildings with four internal subdivisions, cultivating six row wheat and barley and keeping sheep, goats and cattle. They stored grain in granaries, fashioned tools with copper ore and lined their baskets with bitumen. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The oldest ceramic figures in South Asia were found at the settlement. They occurred during the full period and were prevalent before pottery managed to appear. Early figurines were simple and did not show any intricate features. As time went on, they grew in sophistication and by 4000 BC, they began to show characteristic hairstyles and prominent breasts. Many of the female figurines were shown holding babies and have been interpreted as depictions of the mother goddess. That is controversial. However, some scholars prefer the term female figurines with likely cultic significance. Too much of a mouthful if you ask Shane. We will still stick with mother goddess. Between 5500 and 3500 BC, people began to use pottery, taking advantage of the introduction of the potter's wheel in 4800 BC. Much evidence of manufacturing has been found, including production of glazed faiences beads and the first button seals made from terracotta and bone with geometric designs. 
ornaments of seashell, limestone, turquoise, lapis lazuli and sandstone have been found, showing that trade occurred as far away as present-day Badakhshan in Afghanistan. Technology increased with stone and copper drills, updraft kilns, large pit kilns and copper melting crucibles. However, we are getting way ahead of ourselves as the copper age has yet to feature in our story. One other noticeable feature of Mergar was the discovery in 2001 of the remains of two men that had, and they had evidence in their teeth of the drilling of human teeth in a living person. Therefore, these people had knowledge of proto-dentistry. The fact that they used stone tools and of course no anesthetic until Victorian times showed that these people must have had a huge tolerance for pain. Because that had to hurt. Mirgar would continue to flourish until 2600 BC for 5000 years almost. When the emergence of the urbanized phase of the Indus Valley civilization occurred. But more on that at some other time. The next culture we are going to discuss is Neolithic Greece in 7000 BC. So whilst the Neolithic was taking shape in China and Pakistan... Europe had yet to feel the benefit of agriculture, that is, until 7000 BC. The exploitation of wild food resources played a limited role in the Greek Neolithic. The economy could be described as being agro-pastoral, farming, stock-rearing and herding, with no emphasis on hunting except for fishing in the islands. Settlements were concentrated on fertile alluvial and colluvial Soils, a colluvial is a soil with loose sediments at the bottom of hillsides. As these soils were well watered and could easily be tilled by humans, no draft animals were needed or artificial irrigation required to any degree. There is no evidence of the presence of donkeys, horses or oxen, nor does Neolithic architecture in Greece include any large-scale irrigation works. Villagers were occupied throughout the year and for long periods of time as evidenced by numerous mound sites located in Macedonia, Thessaly and central Greece. There is evidence of widespread trade in utilitarian goods such as stone tools as well as exotic goods like shells and metal in later periods. However, there is no, I repeat, zero evidence of any social stratification or monumental architecture during the period of Neolithic Greece. As home to some of the very first Neolithic communities on mainland Europe, the fertile plain of Thessaly in northern Greece could be termed the cradle of European civilization. Small farming communities began to emerge in approximately 7000 BC, gathering together in small villages of wattle and dobe huts. One such example is Argissa, which was excavated by Vladimir Milocic of the University of Heidelberg in the 1950s. It contained evidence that people were cultivating wheat and keeping herds of goat, sheep and cattle. Settlement consist- the settlement consisted of six pit huts with sunken pebble floors, including heaths, presumably for warmth and cooking. Some have suggested that these floor levels eventually rose over the years and the huts became buildings with floors at ground level rather than subterranean. Others consider such a development unlikely. We also know that these people kept dogs for both working purposes and for company. 
They collect the seashells to carve into beads and bracelets, and they travel to trade goods with nearby settlements. They also seem to have time to create terracotta figurines from wet clay. Three ancient Neolithic terracotta figures dating to between 6800 and 5300 BC all display at least one element of exaggerated features of the abdomen, buttocks and thigh, normally associated with Paleolithic and Neolithic idols. One shows only the torso, displaying possible pregnancy. Second shows a figure with arms held by the side. And the third shows a seated, overweight figure with hands resting on a thighs. Beliefs and the gods they worshipped are not known. Perhaps these figures offer us a clue. We can only guess whether they represent ancestors, primordial gods or fertility figures. Their popularity shows how important these were to Neolithic Greece. One other factor of this period was the emergence of the earliest domesticated pigs in Europe. The research by Durham University analyzed DNA from ancient and modern pig remains, suggesting that the migration of an expanding Middle Eastern population who brought domesticated plants, animals and pottery styles with them actually led to the local domestication of the European wild boar. Research founded by Wellcome Trust, Leverhelm Trust, Arts and Humanities Research Council and the Smithsonian Institution showed that within 500 years after local domestication of the European wild boar, new domestics completely replaced Middle Eastern pigs that had arrived in Europe as part of the spread of agriculture. The research is part of an ongoing research project based at Durham University that explores role of animals in reconstructing early farming, ancient human migration and past trade and exchange networks around the world. Finally, what was the climate like at the beginning of the 7th millennium BC? Well, it became much wetter in North Africa from 7000 to 3000 BC. And this is a period known as the Neolithic Subpluvial. The Neolithic Subpluvial. It produced a highly fertile climate that supported a savanna type of ecosystem in the Sahara. Animals normally associated with the Sahel region S of the Sahara were in abundance, including elephant, giraffe and various other grasslands and woodland animals. Humans began to settle in the Nile Valley in the Sudan and in Sahara. Usage of rafts, boats, weirs, traps, harpoons, nets, hooks, line and sinkers enabled humans to exploit the resources in fish, waterfowl, freshwater mollusks, rodents, hippos and crocodiles. The local development of pottery to store and heat liquids resulted in a revolution in food styles consisting of soup, fish stew and porridge. Investigations in the Sudan by British archaeologist Anthony Arkell during World War II described the late Stone Age settlement on a sandbank of the Blue Nile that was 12 feet higher than today. In the lush savanna, antelopes grazed among the large expanse of seed-bearing grasses as evidenced by bones found in the middens. These people lived on fish, and Arkell concluded that rainfall at the time was at least three times more than today. Physical characteristics from skeletons uh, suggest that these people were related to modern Nilotic peoples. Radiocarbon dating established Arkell's site to between 7000 and 5000 BC. Arkell inferred 
quote, a common fishing and hunting culture spread by people right across Africa at about the latitude of Khartoum at the time when the climate was so different that it was not a desert. In the 1960s, archaeologist Gabriel Camps investigated the remains of a hunting and fishing community dating to approximately 6,700 BC in southern Algeria. These people, who made wavy line pottery, were African rather than Mediterranean in origin and showed definite signs of cultivation of grain crops as opposed to the gathering of wild grains. Human remains found by archaeologists in 2000 at a site known as Gobero in northeastern Niger represent a preserved record of human habitation and burials from the Kifian, 7700-6200 BC, and the Tenerian cultures. Tenerian is 5200-2500. And Shane finishes his script with the following words. So there we have it. We are slowly moving away from hunting and gathering through a predominantly agricultural society. Obviously, there are areas where agriculture had not yet reached, such as the rest of Europe, America, large parts of Africa. But it will slowly come. And to be honest, would you want to spend all day trying to hunt a gazelle when there is a delicious stew waiting on the fire and beer on hand? Hmm, I thought so. Next time, we'll wrap up the rest of the millennium by looking at further Neolithic cultures in Southeastern Europe, Middle East and China, as well as possibly the first cultures to emerge in northern Iraq. So, see you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.